Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, Babs, and welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2, with me, Laura Carter, and my co-host, Sophie Hillier. Hell yes. Isn't it mad to think that, actually, when we started this podcast, you were Aerosmith and I was Johnson? Yeah. That's how far we've come. We've grown. It's, we have grown, and it's, it's just a bit crazy. Um, you know what? It's crazy as well. The heat. Guys, it's hot in this studio. I swear I thought it was air conditioned. Yeah, there's no air con, there's no windows we can open. <laughs> we are basically in a, literally a padded cell. We are, but we're here to bring you the content, sweating. So I hope there's that little bit of appreciation that, yeah. you know, when you listen to this in a few days, whenever we release it, um, that you appreciate the heat. <laughs> the heat and sweating. But as always, we've got a cracker of an episode we do. today. Uh, we've got a fantastic guest today, Sam Preston. Yay. She is ex-buyer and she is now a freelance stylist. So yeah. lots of kind of very product-focused um, experience and things to tell us all about. So really looking forward to that. And then just as always, a bit of light to know, a bit of um, in the know. A bit of Kim Kardashian, a bit of H&M. Mm-hmm. Lots of things going on in the industry at the moment. So can't wait to delve in. Yeah, absolutely. And just um, before we um, go into the next segment, we'd just like to say a huge RIP to A, Olivia Newton-John, sad time, Sandra <gasps> Let's D. Get physical. Physical. Well, we're not going to get physical. It's too hot to get physical. Absolutely, um, don't touch me. love Sandra D. Um, RIP and also to Issy Mayake, um, who another loss for the fashion industry this week. So, my absolute favourite segment in the know. I just love yeah. it. I just, this is where we just, we just go all out, don't we? Industry goss. Love it. Absolutely love it. So, we're going to start actually, and this leads on so, so nicely from um, our like to know last week when we were talking about ASOS and Zaris and cultural appropriation yeah. and appreciation and you know, diversity in fashion as a general. Burberry this week. First ever Sikh model. Yeah, little four-year-old. Love it. So yeah. child as well. So we've got, you know, age in there. We've got, you know, diversity and race. It's so refreshing to see. Isn't it mad that it's 2022? That's and we're what only I was going to say. Yeah, you know, we're only just, like, here. WTF. Why is it taking this long? I mean, I think it's great that they're representing different cultures and diversity. But at the same time... When you sent me that post, I was like, oh. Yeah. Is why, it, is it not already? Yeah. Why is this not? Oh. Yeah. Like, we've even had, like, you know, disabled models and all those things yeah. bef- before. I just think it's just crazy. Like, we've, oh, we, we went to understand. uni to study fashion in 2008. I mean, we're old. We're old. But, like, like it it feels like it's a never-ending topic. Same yeah. not, with sustainability to a degree. It's, it's just not happening fast. Both aren't happening fast enough. No. Absolutely not. But, you know... Race is just, it's just a given. We yeah. live in a multicultural society world. You know, I know in the UK, very multicultural. Why? It's just a norm. So it shouldn't, yeah. even, it shouldn't even be news to me. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Cool. Yeah, we're celebrating why, it. Why are we saying, oh my God, Burberry are the leaders for having a diverse child in their campaign. So what? Yeah, it Supermarkets should, yeah. have been doing so this true. forever. Oh yeah, because you had a campaign at Sainsbury's, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We would, yeah. You'd have, a, you'd have a mixture of all different age, races, cultures, shape sizes, everything. So why are they doing it? Because when you think about fashion, it filters from the top down. Yeah. So why is this funnel being reversed? You say, yeah, well, that's that's the old theory, isn't it? This trickle down, isn't trickle it? Down this is theory, where, like, yeah. I'm not really a, a trendy forecasting person, but I know that theory. But it, I think it's been trickle up for a long, long time. I think so too. I don't think the uh, luxury industry 
um, um, have that impact. I don't think they're the innovators anymore. If you, oh. Even if you think about Balenciaga, Balenciaga and the Metaverse, uh-huh. well, H&M and Zara have been talking about that yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I had students doing dissertations on this two, three years ago. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's just not new. So, yeah, it's really interesting that everything's kind of coming from the ground up and the... Like, I just feel like... I think it's probably since the pandemic. Like, everyone's just mm. absolutely panicked, haven't they? And, yeah. like, because... Um, you know, we, we, we're going to talk um, with Sam in, in the um, Get to Know segment as well about like um, about how um, brands become arrogant and don't move and don't stay ahead of the curve and this, that, and the other. And and I think that that does happen. Not that I think um, diversity in um, fashion is a trend. I'm, I'm not referring to that part at all. I'm talking about the luxury industry. I just want to make that really clear. The luxury industry used to be, you know, like you said, the innovators, and now mm-hmm. it's it's not. just not the same. And I think that's because there's so many young designers that are setting the standard and they're bringing it's the newness. It's embarrassing them. It's almost embarrassing. It? embarrassing. Um, yeah. I really don't want to slight Burberry for this because I think like Burberry no. have done something amazing and the media have publicised it really, really well and positively. Like we said, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's great. A, it's a step. It's, it's a, a step, small but step. It should have been a step, you know, a 15, while 20, back. 30, 40 years ago. Um, but you're absolutely right. We've seen an influx of very young, new, um, you know, very emerging designers that really focus on race and you know diversity, cultures, mm-hmm. all these different things. Age. We're going to talk about H and M in a bit and how they're pushing diversity in their campaigns. It's about time, um, and it's it's like they're showing them up. These like new designers yeah, that are appearing on the scene are showing up. These like real classic brands. You know, if you say to anyone walking down the street, name some designer brands. The ones you're going to hear: are Chanel, D and G, Versace. You know, and the, and those are the ones that you know. Those Prada, the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci's, the ones that have got these like long, big relationships they've got you know they go back in history and they've got you know that um heritage i suppose and that's what everyone remembers it's the reputation isn't it yeah and i just think it's really interesting that these young emerging designers are coming in and kind of going uh you know this should just be the norm and then they're suddenly it's like oh three years later oh yeah let's 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 have a diverse model oh ooh, ooh. I, I think it goes back to being cocky and yeah they're, they're, those big brands are so cocky that oh we can just like who was it? Was it um, Gucci last year? That did those awful trainers that looked like like they'd been worn by like eighty people, and they sold them new. And I'm just like, oh come on! But trying like, to be cool, they're not doing their research to understand their consumer and understand how the industry is moving. Yeah, that they're just like we can throw out whatever, and people are going to do it and copy. Yeah. Where really, I think it's coming from the bottom up, and yeah. it's these new emerging designers that are saying, hey, you know, this is new fabric, new technology. This is how you know we construct things this way, and it's moving up. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a lot of it, like in kind of the luxury streetwear industry. Yes, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but Supreme selling a brick. I mean, for crying out loud. A brick sold out. Sold. sold. I'm going to make some bricks and like sell mine. Why? I don't know. But, you know, it's those kind of like big movers and shakers, like the, the industry disruptors that are really, you know. Yeah. Well, but I had this conversation well. with my friend the other day um, because he bought the, it's not the other day, it's probably a couple of months <laughs> ago now, you know, when Supreme collaborated with Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, why? Why are we doing this? And he was, he went straight out and bought the T-shirt. Tiffany oh. Supreme T-shirt, and I'm like, why? That to me, that's not fashion, and I actually don't think it's that a really good collaboration. They've created the demand. It's Tiffany thinking, oh, we're going to tap into a new consumer, and we're going to pick Supreme. Yeah, a which brand. We, we talked about before, didn't we? About yeah. Jay Z, Beyonce, and all that. They're obviously trying Weird. to, you know, really. Um, you won't break my soul. So I did actually slate Beyonce like a few. Not only slate, so I've always loved Beyonce. I went to see her and all sorts, but we, I did talk about the fact I don't think Jay Z and Beyonce are as relevant. 
No, I but, agree. But then she's no, like, Bash that is no album, by the way, which I absolutely But it's love. like this conversation that we were talking about, Pete, off air, about how your husband was like, oh, I love this song. And you're like, mm, that's a cover from like 10 years ago. So it's almost like that whole, how relevant are Jay-Z and Beyonce? Because we were into them, say, 2008. Yeah. What's the what's the newness? What's the? I remember being on a coach. I mean, on a trip with school to Venice, and I had was it a mini disc player? Is that that's yes. a thing, isn't it? Yeah, a mini disc player, and I'd got Beyonce's album. I forgot Adorable. what it's called. One much like I'm doing like a pose, and no one can actually see me. It's what the first, <laughs> very first album with uh, I can see the front cover, but I don't know the name. Oh. It's got um, Crazy in Love on it, and anyway, we've gone from Burberry and Sick Models to Beyonce. That that's what we do. That's roll how we it. roll here. Um, but yeah, so. Yes, fantastic Burberry. Want to see more of it, but we also want to see Pete showing it. Pete dangerously in love. Oh my god, oh. I have naughty girl on there and everything. Thank you, Pete. That was two thousand and four, wasn't it? Three, three. Yeah, we were at school then. We were. That's sickening. Tiddlers. <sighs> I bet most of our listeners weren't alive. I don't know. Some of our like students, student listeners. Maybe? I'd rather not know your age. No, I'm just still just, really old. Honestly, I had a conversation with some of my students the other week, and we were talking about the Chanel advert. I don't know if it is still the most expensive advert ever made, but it's the one with Nicole Kidman. It's very Moulin Rouge esque, oh, and it, at right. the time, it was like one of the mm. most expensive adverts um, ever made. And so I was like, so we watched it, and we're like, okay, so t- like, let's talk through the storytelling and this, and like. Like, some of them have heard, heard of Moulin Rouge, but none of them had picked up on that. It was Moulin Rouge. And I was like... Wow. And then I was like, how have you never watched it? <laughs> Why have you never watched it? And then I was like, how, what years were you born? And they were all, like, 2000 and whatever. And then I looked at the advert age. And the advert God. was that, like, the, the film actually came out, like, yeah. maybe, like, the year before they were born. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm old. Wow. But saying that, though, <laughs> do you know what I hate? More than anything in the fashion, I suppose, the I guess, would you call it the fashion industry? Perfume adverts. I just detest them. What's that she one? Did she do, <laughs> what would you do for love? And she's like really angry and she's like running off things. She's like, you know, riding bareback on a horse, whatever. And it's like, what would you do for love? And then it's just a squirt of a perfume. I'm like, I wouldn't do any of this. It's You're just, yeah. you're not really no, selling I, I a agree. smell. Cringe. I, I just, I hate it. It's so outdated. Yeah, it completely is outdated. And the, but I tell you what, the one, I was going to say, aftershave outfit, uh, aftershave outfit I do like is the fact they've brought back the Johnny Depp ones. Yeah, okay. That's the one thing I will say. We've got a slightly first slightly different reason, but I did think that was a real great move from um Dior, wasn't it? Yeah, Dior. I'm sorry this isn't directly fashion focused, but I think talking about adverts and controversy in a yeah. crisis, that's all what that's what I do in my PhD. Um is looking at um how the fashion industry deals with crisis and stuff like that. So I think it's a risk and it was it was a risky move, but I think they've got um, yeah, they've, they've drummed up some support for him, which is quite nice. Anyway, oh, what have you got next? Tangent, what have we got next? Jane Fonda for H and M. Love it. It's a bit of like a diversity <laughs> theme here. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely gone for an older consumer. So, are they tapping into that different demographic? A new demographic? I think so. And I'm gonna. I'm, Do they need to? I cannot remember the last time I stepped in H and M. What? I never buy from H&M anymore. Do you know what? I don't, I don't ever go into store because I don't go store shopping, but I probably look at the H&M app every day. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, sorry if I've literally yeah, deafened everyone. I look at the Shein app every day. So I love H&M. Go. And do you know what? I love their blazers. You know me. I love <laughs> yeah, a blazer. Yeah, you do love a blazer. That'd be, should we put a little poll out on our Instagram and see who actually shops at H&M anymore? I don't think it'll ever disappear, but I think it's got an Asian consumer, and I think that's why they've done this. I think that's what, which top okay. shops should have looked at. So if they've got an Asian consumer, maybe they should have gone younger? Oh, potentially. 
Yeah, potentially, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just slightly too old. But this maybe they're preparing for it. Maybe they're yeah. putting this stuff, kind of stuff out there to say. But if you were a Gen Z and you saw a brand yeah. that you were advertising yeah. to... OAPs, are you going to be like, oh, I might stray away from that one? Or would you be like, do you know what? It's inclusive. It's it's branching out. Because mm, I That's find... a difficult one. Because we're fashion people, we, we see the inclusivity in it. But if we were yeah. looking from a consumer perspective, again, put you we, we're going to do some Instagram polls on this. I think yeah, this would be I'd interesting. Like I don't think H&M sure will ever H&M? go away. I just don't. How? What? You know what? H&M reminds me of when I used to work in the ball wing. Stop. And then I used to, like, go off on my lunch break and walk around, like, the likes of H&M and Forever 20. I don't I like just... the stores. I don't, no, I don't think no, they're... No, I don't. But I, lo- I, think for, I think in terms of product quality, it's come a long way. Because when, we when we were at uni, it was almost that weird, like, creppy material or, like, the cheap cotton. And now I yeah. think whether they've got new designers, new buyers, I think the past... Three years for definitely really, really turned it around. I, you can't even, yeah. I don't think I've even been in a H&M store in the last three years. H&M Home, though. Oh, oh yeah. No, I love, I, oh, yeah, before I it. left BCU, I Nailed came into it. Yeah, I came into H&M Home. That's but even I think it's I think it's expensive, <coughs> but that's me being a bargain. No, I don't think so. But also, where what shops on the high street would you shop on then? Primark. Just Primark? Mm-hmm. That's it? Wow. Uh, and I like I go to like retail stores and stuff like that. Like retail yeah. parks, sorry. Um, I mean... The only places I ever go now, see if I'm in in Nottingham for work, um, there is like the Victoria Centre, and but I don't. I probably go in there to like go to car factory or yeah you know, boots to get my meal deal. But I go to Primark on the high street, and I, I genuinely can't think of any of the stores unless it's more home stuff. I'll go to like Home Sense. Mm. Or yeah, it's home. You're so right. So George right. Astor because it's that supermarket. But yeah. I don't. I, I don't go in River Island. No, occasionally I, New Look, but I can't remember the last. No, time. I can't either. I can't Actually, remember the last time. High Street. I guess if I was in the ball ring, I'd go H&M, H&M Home. Might just have a wonder through Selfridges just because I like the smell <laughs> and the food. What, the smell of the sushi up from <laughs> coming up to the luxury handbag? Crispy um, creams anymore. I can't, I couldn't see it the other day. I reckon it's because so many places like WH yeah, like Tesco's have so, yeah. You can get them anywhere. They're um, not as exclusive anymore. But yeah, I guess where I go online, Zara. Oh, Zara. I would uh, go uh, to yeah, Zara, but the Zara store experience is shocking. Well, I have to, um, I've always said about Zara, and I think I've said it before on here, that like, I just can't deal with it. I mean, a, the price, but the queues. And my, my friend Matt, I saw it, um, shout out to Matt. Hi, Matt. Um, I saw it on his Instagram yesterday. He'd posted literally a picture of the queue and he's like, for God's sake, this again. I also Every feel, time. you know, there's that diner called Ka- Karen's and it's just like, <gasps> I want to go. My dad calls me a Karen. He says I belong there. <laughs> I think that's probably a bit of the criteria that you need to be to work in Zara because they're just, it's just, they're just not very friendly. No. But I think they're so stretch and they're always tidying up that it's just manic. See, and I now think it's part of their charged, marketing. Now you're charged to return your stuff by post. Oh, yeah. They deduct £2.199 off your order. So you have, you're encouraged to go into the store. But then, like you said, your friend Matt, the queue, you're just like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, I think it's part of their negative. marketing. But how, though? Because it's just so... It's getting people into it's store. It's creating but... the demand to be there and get in the queue and, like, keep people... Wet. I, I just think... But who I... wants to queue? I mean, I know we're no British and we love a queue, but, but it's too far. Well, exactly. But I think there, if you look around, there is people on the floor. I once went up to someone in Zara many, many years ago in the Birmingham and I asked, can someone please be put on the queue? And they were like, oh, on the tail. And they were like, no, we've got no one. Better when I'm talking to a person that's just sorting a rail out. I know, I've worked in retail. Yeah. There's other things to do. I get it. But get that bloody queue down. Come on, get Make on Make your it. customers happy and they'll return. We are going off on some right hand trips again. Jane what have Fonda, we got Jane Fonda H&M. So, yeah, we're going to put some Instagram polls out Let's um, and actually um, see what people think. Because I actually don't, I don't know. I don't shop in there. But it'd be really interesting to see if Gen Z... Look on my app. 
gonna have a look, gonna have a look. And last but not least, I'm gonna talk about Kim Kardashian. Okay. Yeah, you hate her, don't you? You're not a fan. I um I feel a bit like Kim Kardashian now. I don't like her. I don't know what she stands for. I don't know what she's come from. But I think I quite I'm starting to quite respect her as a businesswoman. I yeah, I just I can't say that I love them, but I'm fascinated by them and I'm yeah. fascinated by the fact that they are um successful women. They put their fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. Um, I don't want to berate women for, for you know, no, having their success. No, she's a lawyer, she's qualified, and yeah, she probably had a team to help her, but to actually pass the bar yeah. is hard. Absolutely. So she, that, no one's going to, she can't pay she's, for that. She's no a hard what. worker. Yeah, she yeah. is. And I kind of feel, like I said, I kind of feel for her like I do about Katie Price. Um, sorry, George Turner. No, George Turner's a massive, massive fan. I mean, I'm of a, Katie Price? Well, I just feel like she built a, a career on getting her boobs out. I mean, she's if, lost you've got, it now. if you've got on floor, um, she has lost it now. She's but there was it. a point where she was building this empire. She was an author. She was Perfume. a she had a pro. Yeah. And oh my God, I read all her books. I mean, I can Did see you? it. Hey, get Googling. What's the Katie Price book, the first one? She's like, I can see the cover, it's pink. There's a body silhouette. She God. looks fabulous. And I loved the books. I think, like, I think like, it was about a better girl called Secret or something. I could be lying. What? But I kind of feel, PP is searching, like I've got that kind of same respect because she, she took something, you know, in, in her life and she built a business and she got yeah. her money. I know she's, she's gone off the, the, the beaten track a bit since. Oh, Pete's got it. Angel, Angel. I, I can see the cover, it's pink with a silhouette, isn't it? I might buy it again for like, I'm going to Mauritius and I'm for my honeymoon. Oh my Sit God, there, no. Yes, no. I'm going to do it, guys. Leave it in I'm the past, though. Let it go. Leave it in the past. Let it go. My, yeah, there it is, Angel, with my Paris Hilton album. I love it. <laughs> Nothing in the world can stop us tonight. <laughs> anyway, um, again, we've, oh. we're going off on tangent. But I do, I, I read a, a really interesting article, actually, and a shout out to Industry of Fashion on Instagram, who do some really great content. Um, and they were talking about this business that she built up, in, like almost like the aesthetic of her business. Who Kim Kardashian? Yeah, she so she's, yeah. she's done. Yeah, sorry, not not, not okay, Bryce. Um, she's done this um, this uh, collaboration with Skim. Uh, Skim, sorry, that's Beats. her brand. Beats, uh, you know, Beats are great for like their celebrity collaborations and things like that, and they're, they're you know fabulous brand um but like the colors it all fits i just think like she was really thought about every part of her business and how as, as as a aesthetic brand because people buy into things mm. a because of her but it like be the uh, these kind of like nude colors and all this stuff yeah and she's, she's got a lovely color palette of products the reason why she's got such a lovely color palette of products uh, is because she caters to all skin types. Which I love. Which I absolutely applaud. I think it's fantastic. About bloody time. Yeah. And what I love about the beads is she's done like different skin tones. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? Niche. Love absolutely. That. Needed. Um, there's a, there's a brand that I'd really like to speak to, um, the CEO of the brand. It's called Nubian Skin. Yeah. Um, one of our uh, lecturers, Adam, that um, I used to work with and Laura still does, um, um, talked about Nubian Skin and how they were like, the first brand to actually bring out um, like underwear, like, you know, skin-coloured underwear, nude underwear, but nude, what is nude to you? Nude to me is very, very pale white because I am ghostly. Me too. I'm ghostly, but nude to other women of True. other colours, that is their nude. So I... Amazing brand. I'd love to get them on the podcast at some point. So please yeah. go and check Nubian Skin out. Um, so yeah, absolutely proud. I mean, stuff like plasters. I don't think we talked about plasters before. Like yeah. um, the brand that's brought out like the, the skin colour plasters skin for all plasters. skin colours. Like, I mean, why is that not a thing? Exactly. We keep, we keep going back to this. We're going round 
around yeah, in circles. I know, I know. Why are these things so applauding? Um, Burberry, we're applauding Kim Kardashian, we're applauding Beats, Nubian Skin. Keep coming with the diversity, guys. We love it. <laughs> so this week on our Get to Know segment, we have the fabulous Samantha Preston, who is a super stylist and has a background in fashion buying. So we're really, really excited to um, to chat to Sam. So welcome, Sam. How are you? Hi, Sam. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited that you're on because I've actually been following you on Instagram for ages. So I'm so excited oh to God, finally really? actually get to talk to you. So welcome oh, to the Fashion Demix. So nice. Sorry, say that again. I said, welcome to the Fashademics. Woohoo! Oh, you're in the thank crew. Thank you, thank you're you. In the crew. You're in the crew. Thank you, thank you. Tell I'm us. I'm so excited to be on a podcast. Oh, we're so excited to have you. I mean, we want to know all about your career. So, can you just tell our listeners about your background in buying and why you moved into styling and Instagram? Tell us the whole story. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually did a design degree. Um, fashion design degree but that uh this buyer role was really kind of I was really curious about this buyer role because you don't really kind of learn much about that in in university so yeah so I did a placement on it and then absolutely fell in love with it so I started working for mamas and papas and then moved to Matalan and then very um wow um, River Island River Island top shop uh, worked for a company in Dubai, um, super dry. So I've worked for quite a big wow. a few retailers. That yeah. means you've dotted um, all over the UK though, because is super dry like Cheshire Way, Matalan's Liverpool? Yeah, um, yeah, I've been everywhere. Yeah. Literally, literally travelled up and down the country just that's to kind of. I mean, I think that's what retail is. Yeah, obviously, I'm Scottish. There's no <laughs> buying rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no buying rules in uh, Scotland. So yeah. Wow. Had to make the move down here. I loved and just loved it. Fell in love with it. But then um, families came along. We tried for a family for quite a long time, and it wasn't happening in London. Okay. I moved to Cheltenham, and six months later, I was pregnant. Hey, oh, lovely! So, do you have a little boy? Obviously, you've got a couple of children. I've got two little girls. Oh, two girls! Oh, oh nice! Yeah. I bet you just love dressing yeah, them up took- and everything. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to get them, but they're here now driving me crazy. <laughs> I bet, keeping you busy. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was basically the reason um, I thought I can't go back into buying because it's literally, it's not a nine-to-five job. No. It takes over your whole life. And it's the travelling as well, um, isn't so, it? Oh, my God, yeah, the travelling. I would, I would travel to, like, Australia for, like, three weeks at a time and you know Canada everywhere just traveling around the world um so it just wasn't feasible with two kids to be honest I guess to begin with it's very glamorous and amazing but I guess when you've got children and a husband you just want to get home to them you know and put be able to like do bath and bed and all those type of things yeah and I just I just had to make that decision you know it's the kids and it's my buying career and I kind of already kind of got to the top of my buying career anyway so yeah. I feel like I kind of had been there done that I was ready to move on I was ready just to be a um and but still work I mean obviously you guys know everything about fashion it's just in your blood isn't it so yeah. I needed still I needed I needed to work so um I went into we trained as a stylist 
And as part of a buyer, I was always included in the styling part of the business anyway. Mm. So I found a Topshop actually that I did find that massive love for styling. I used to work really closely with the styling teams. Okay. Um, I would work with the international um, top shops all around the world. So putting, you know, basically using the product that we have in Topshop mm. for the British consumer, but then making it, you know, um, relatable to the Australian customer, the the Dubai customer, the the Russian customer. So I was always involved in the styling part of things then and, and the merchandising of the stores and things like that as well. So that was up to me. So, yeah, I fell in love with it then. And I was like, maybe this is something I can um, and be a mum as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I loved it. I went, and done a, I went and done a styling course. It was really just to kind of brush up you know, the body types, how to style yeah. different body types and everything like that. Because as a buyer, you kind of have an all-round... Mm. Um, we well, do fits, don't you, on different model sizes. So I guess you have that yeah, you know, understanding. You and... do fits. You've got you've got the retail background in terms of, like, the uh, comp shops and consumers and know, and the fabrics. So you know quite a lot as a buyer. Yeah. Um, so, I just, so I just needed a little touch-up. And styling isn't obviously a, a recognised... Um, you don't have to have a certificate to be a stylist. Yeah. You can just call yourself a stylist. But to kind of stand out above, you know, the all the noise that there is in Instagram, mm. um, I decided to go for the qualifications. Wow. But yeah, and then I started the Instagram. Never. I hate taking pictures of myself. <laughs> hated it. Um, but you're kind of encouraged to kind of get yourself out there, you know, uh, your vibe attracts your tribe and everything. True, and I was like, oh, true. my God. I was like, oh, my God, I really need to do it. So it was really just to market the business. Okay. Um, well, it's working. It's You know, you're doing fab, aren't you? And I think um, people are just, I think you're really relatable in the yeah, sense that it's, it's not OTT and what you produce. It's very kind of like... Um, capsule wardrobes and you yeah. know it's things yeah. that you can rewear in your closet different ways and I think that's what connects your consumer um to your yeah, audience definitely so you know we I, yeah I spoke about you know you having this capsule wardrobe and building on pieces um which you're yeah. you know really good at doing but what would you say are like your hero staple pieces because in the last podcast we spoke about um inflation and how maybe people are going to be spending less on clothes going forward and taking yeah. buying I get investing more in transitional pieces so what would you say are the hero pieces for um fashion consumers to be purchasing I mean, yeah, capsule wardrobe is a great way, especially with this inflation and everything. It basically means you have a real quality, um, basic wardrobe that will get you through season to season, year after year. So my top um, items would probably great jeans. I mean, it's so hard to find a great so hard. Of jeans that once you get it, I give up. It's so hard, isn't it? I actually, I actually hate especially- it. I- I said to my friend, come September when I go back to lecturing, I'm not going to wear jeans anymore. I, I can't find a pair that fit me well, that are long enough, oh, no. that, you know, are comfy. Um, so I give up. <laughs> I know. How it, does? Is, it, is re- <laughs> it is really hard, but once you find them, like, it, like it's, it's a game changer. 
Um, and I would say like basic t-shirts and shirts kind of thing because you can just kind of mix and match. Yeah. A blazer is a must-have <sighs> in my wardrobe. Me too. I'm constantly. Oh. I have two blazers. I think I've got uh, about 18 Just constantly blazers. wearing them. Yeah, love a blazer. <laughs> I never used to. I never used yeah, to I until I started them. my new job um, and I bought loads. And now, I, oh, my God, I love like just love a blazer them. and a dress. Like, even yeah. if it's not for work, I, I've changed. Yeah. I've grown up, I think. They are just so versatile. <laughs> I, I, I never used to like a blazer until about four years ago either when I started this whole capsule wardrobe thing. Mm. Um, but now it was just, they're just so versatile. I wear them with everything. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you said about t-shirts because I thought the same, but I've actually started buying good quality t-shirts and I think it makes such a difference. Oh my you know, God, more like yeah. the heavyweight ones rather than like the cheap 4 yeah. ones you've got, like get the heavyweight 4 ones. 4 that's oh, expensive definitely. for a t-shirt for me. Honestly, <laughs> I'm the girl that goes to Primark and looks for the, the, the baggy V-neck for like £2. <laughs> no, I bought, I bought yeah. How, how how long did they last you though? I good mean, I question. Bet like, you've washed them once. Uh, uh, Do you know what I mean? It's like good six to twelve months. Really? Yeah, I think yeah. Do you know who started doing good heavyweight t-shirts? Zara, they're fifteen ninety nine. I got oh, no, one thanks. yesterday, and it's actually really good quality. I could get one in every colour from Primark for the price of one from <laughs> Zara. <laughs> that, that's the difference with me and no. uh, me and Laura. Sam, I'm such a bargain hunter. She's very good at getting oh, bargains. I, do but... you know what? I used to be the exact same. I used to be exactly the same. I was just so sick of everything, like one wash or yeah. I'm not loving it as much as I do. The more you know, high price quality items. But I was honest, I was exactly the same. Yeah, I think it's, it, it is now just about building that capsule wardrobe and be able to wear an item you know, different ways and, and carry it into, you know, a T-shirt with maybe a slip skirt in the summer and then move that T-shirt under a blazer with jeans in the winter. And yeah, just that versatility. Exactly. Yeah, which I definitely yeah. love that with your and style. And it's like being a busy mum as well. As well. That's, when, that's why I started it. I was like, I don't have time to like plan no. my outfit or look through my wardrobe. I've got nothing to wear, but I had thousands of clothes. And I was like, no, I just don't have time for this anymore. Well, she's napping in the morning. It was 45 minutes to get dressed and that was it. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, right. Agree. Oh. I couldn't mean, not that like, I, I haven't got like, children, but... <laughs> Oh my god, it's a game changer when they come. Do you know what I mean? Because you just don't have any time. No. You just don't have time. I used my outfit the night before and set everything out. Wow, oh, that's all good. I don't have time to do that. I do that when I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, I do now before, that I'm at work. No, yeah, before kid, before kids, I like and when I was in the buying role, I would get it all like everything would just be done the night before i just think there's you know I mean, what there's pressure though isn't there when you work in an office with other fashion people to, oh to God, look so good and, and you look back like and you think what like why was i so stressed <laughs> yeah oh, oh my god it was like that all the time you needed to you need to be constantly like reading all the trends and reading all the like i haven't got the, the money for that the cool stuff <laughs> i know it's but I, like I, I was like just spending my whole yeah. wage back in Topshop. Imagine what it'd be like <laughs> if you worked in in the luxury sector. Oh God, you'd have pressure. to be buying oh like designer God. stuff, which does lead us on to your oh. post last night um, on Instagram <gasps> yes. about the Chanel increase. Wow, again another yes. one. Oh, that is eye watering. It's just getting further and Awful. further away from me. There's no way. No. I can buy that. I don't. Do you know what? I wouldn't even buy that at that point. I wouldn't. I reluctant. No. I would not. I've always said. I was reluctant to buy it at four or five k. 
And, but yeah, no, no I was. And no I way. think I, if it was around three and a half, I would have done it. Yeah. Like I would have done it because I've always yeah. wanted one. But now I just think, yeah. do you know what? You are absolutely You're starting to talk like house deposit. Yeah. Like it's going to be yeah. soon. It's going to be like near a 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just it's ridiculous. Like I, could, I could help some family members out. Like yeah. I would just feel massively guilty spending eight grand on a bag, you know, well, when you my mum is Get a master's, like, get a master's you know, degree. <laughs> I, exactly. No. When, it's, when's it's it going to stop, just... though? I get, like, with inflation, things are going up, but I think the luxury sectors, people, are people still going to be investing in those pieces? <laughs> I know we've said about transitional and pieces that are kind of like have longevity but i do think is it eight and a half or is it nine grand that they've gone up to it's just I think it's wild yeah, it's like yeah it, yeah yeah enough and i don't think it'll end there i think it'll no. just keep going awful, awful um but but yeah like we we had to sit down and get the spreadsheet out the other day there me and my husband and oh. like don't he's like you might need to go back to and I was like, no way, I'll give up the Pradas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite scary, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, just like in individual households and just kind of taking stock and kind of going, ah, like, where's this coming yeah. from? Well, this is the thing. I think if you can afford eight grand for a bag, then I don't think you're going to suffer no, as much. No, no. You have the money, but it's just people like myself who are, you know, working class people that like to buy nice things mm. as investment pieces, as my husband would say, it's an investment piece. <laughs> I'm glad your but, husband says that. My husband would not say that. He'd be no, like, this wouldn't. is an absolute no, I you think, do not need it. I think I've, tr- I've, just, I've just trained him well. I've just trained him well. You'll have to give me your Mine tips, isn't then. even my husband, it's my dad. I could just hear my dad in my head, did you need that? And I go, no, dad, I wanted it. <laughs> That's <laughs> always our conversation. I, oh, my God. They would just die if they knew the amount of the amount yeah. of stuff that I buy and spend on items. They would just die. But I wonder if these luxury retailers are actually trying to steer away from working class people and make the brand, you know, that Uber elite. exclusive again. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it that's oh. the tactic. Oh, do you think? Yeah, because Chanel has become one of those brands that is just yeah. Everybody, you, know, you of... can wear it. You yeah, you can wear a Primark outfit with a Chanel bag yeah these days I see I see so many people mm. shopping like that these days maybe you know, it is. buying the designer handbags making it more and exclusive and I wonder my marketing brain kicking in um is with obviously with the pandemic I'm going back a couple of years now look you know brands like Chanel weren't social media savvy they weren't like into anything really digital or e-commerce or anything like that so the pandemic pushed all these brands to become that was the only way they could make their money because they've got no tourism you know all the retail outlets are shut so actually they've made themselves so exclusive online that maybe this is a bit like well we've we've put ourselves too much out there now maybe we need to increase because come on i know i know things are going up and i know but surely a handbag yeah it's not that much to me exactly exactly Mm. like so surely what so i do question the increases in the luxury industry more so in the in the smaller brands yeah 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 definitely i mean it's just it's just ridiculous to be honest the prices and do you know what i think they're that desirable at this minute in time people who can afford will still buy them so they're pushing they're just pushing their luck I mean, I want to know, what do these people do to be able to just afford? <laughs> <laughs> they, 
all these handbags. Like just to have that. I've just got AK disposable, but it's not going to break me. It's not going to like clear me out. I've got like, (laughs) like, what do you do? Do you ever do that when you're like driving down the really nice streets and like towns and stuff and you're like, see these massive mansions? What do these people do? What's your secret? (laughs) Who are you? You know, is this old money? Is this new money? Spill the, spill the tea. You know, I know I live in Cheltenham and it's very affluent around here. Mm. I mean, I'm not from the affluent bit, but I walk past these houses and I'm like, I just wonder what these people do. <laughs> I'm in the wrong job yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, definitely feel you there, feel you there. And then lastly, our last question. Um, obviously, uh, you said you've worked at you know, many high street retailers, got a super impressive um, portfolio. Um, and obviously, you worked at Topshop. Um, so yeah. it would just be really nice. Now, we, we have talked about Topshop. It's actually mm-hmm. something me and Laura predicted like many years ago probably when do we start working together about five, five years, years ago, ago yeah and I always said I just can't see Topshop being around back then um and lots of our yeah. students could go what like, but it's no. not the product the product's great I still buy my jeans from Topshop of ASOS oh, and they do oh, like tall dresses the jeans are amazing. Yeah, yeah yeah the mum jeans are so good um, yeah, yeah. But so it wasn't the product it was just their I guess their business model. Yeah what what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think, you know, I don't think it was one... I mean, when I worked there, it was like, you know that scene out of The Devil Wears Prada and it's like <laughs> she's complaining about her job and the guy goes, a million girls would love to be yeah. in your position. Mm-hmm. They, they were so arrogant and cocky like that, do you know ah. what I mean? It was like, that was the feel around, like, that obviously... We're in, Philip untouchable. It was like, well... Yeah, we're untouchable. Mm. You know, they were like, we we are top shop. He went like Sir Philip Green was, you know, just so arrogant that way. And I think that we could see it when we were in there that top shop was going downhill. And really, the one they moving with the t- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, the one they moving with the times. I mean, there was so no. there was so much talent in that place. The designers, was, everybody was so talented, and we were all. We were all like, you know, media savvy and, mm. and tech savvy. Well, no me, no me, <laughs> but you know, the majority of them. <laughs> and the majority of them, they were, they wanted to move with the times, but they just, like, he just did not see that. He was like, I'm, untouch- I'm untouchable. Wow. But yeah, so I think it was a bit of arrogance from him mm. and obviously his reputation with the BHS fund and the harassment allegations. But then I think it was like, no, the back in the 90s when it was at its peak there was there was no much competition there true like I remember getting my my whole wage or saving up for a top shop dress mm. I wouldn't go anywhere else I don't think there was anywhere else Tam no. girl maybe but that was oh, about Tammy E-Tam yeah. remember E-Tam yeah yeah I think I, I think yeah, you're right so I just think more Oh, sorry. No, go on. <laughs> I, th- I think just more people, and I don't think he told to invest in the digital retail channels. That's more exactly people what were we shop- said. More people were shopping online and the retailers that were coming up, pretty little thing, boohoo. He just refused to get, you know, on board with it's, the digital channels. It's still and when, crazy. And when you're... Dem- I know, and when graphic... Is 14 to 24 year olds, they are quite internet. They just want everything at a, put, a touch of a button. Mm, Do you know what I mean? You couldn't even sh- you could you couldn't even shop on Instagram back, you mm. know, four years, five years ago. So when that savvy 14 to 24 year old just, you know, mm. they are 
they're you know shopping elsewhere, boohoo, pretty little thing, ASOS, that's where they went. And obviously with the sustainability is quite, you know, is quite a subject at this minute in time. But you know, back then, five, you know, as you say, five years ago, it's just they just want flash fashion. Yeah. The 14 yeah. to 24 year olds. Yeah, and, and I they think, can get it from elsewhere. Yeah, and we had um, Lindy on from Explode Social Media Agency last on the last podcast, and she was saying, you know, to stay relevant, you just got to be constantly researching and looking at data and looking how you consume yeah, a shop ahead of the curve. And I think Topshop has such a good opportunity to be that front oh runner God, yeah. in that digital world, and they didn't take the opportunity, like oh, yeah. you said, because Top of cockiness. Yeah, it was massive, wasn't it? I remember like, we used to click on it on Google, and there'd be the little quote underneath. And it's like how many pairs of jeans, pairs yeah. of pants, and t-shirts they'd sell, like in an hour or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the, mm. I mean, honest to God, this like amazing, but they just never did anything with that. Like no. that Instagram page was just like there's no diversity in it. Honest, I remember we remember complaining back then. We remember complaining about the online images, and I just think it's speed to market as well. When you know, maybe back then we were so we were constantly engrossed in celebrity. I mean, you don't think Instagram was as as big as it is today. So it was celebrity. It was, it was Kate Moss. Jeans. It was you the know, catwalk. Yeah. It, yeah. Loved Kate yeah. Moss. It, like even, but then Zara was their biggest competition because they would just, a uh, uh, catwalk would come out and the speed to market was just phenomenal for mm. them. We could not, Topshop could not do that that fast. That's, That's crazy. Yeah, they just they just couldn't do it that fast. They just didn't have the supply base. They didn't have the factories, things like that, that could do it in a quick turnaround like that. But Zara did. Zara's got their own, you know, they can make 500 garments on site. Wow. Top shop just would, yeah, they just did not invest in that type mm. of, um, like, you know, equipment or buildings or anything like that. They just didn't go down that route. It's mad. So you would go to Zara for the... You go to Zara for the latest trends. Trends, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. That one of the words that you've said quite a lot in, you know, in answering to that question is the word arrogance mm. or arrogance. Yeah. And it's funny, the first episode we actually did of the Fashademics, uh, like, um, however long ago it was now, actually, we discussed Topshop because it was around that time, wasn't it, Laura? And actually we, we named the episode The Arrogance of Topshop, which is just crazy that oh, you've just really? kept saying so that word. Nice. Yeah. So it is mad. Oh, so we yeah, kind of, it was... it, it's really interesting to talk to you because it kind of confirms all the things that we thought but you know to hear from someone that was within that is, is just so interesting so thank you so much for your insights yeah thank you oh so God, much you're so welcome and you're thank so you welcome, for guys. being on our podcast we've loved having you it's been really really interesting your career oh, is incredible um thank you so much oh, for your thank insight. you guys thank you so much guys thank I've you so much bye take care, take care. Thank bye, you. bye. bye. it's like to know like to know like to know, like to know it's Vinted. Wow. Thank you. We love Vinted. We do. <laughs> I love Vinted. I know this isn't anything new, but yeah. I think it's great. We, it's something we and you have talked about a lot, like, just like, in our genuine conversations, isn't yeah. it, recently? Where you're like, oh, I got this. Oh, I got this. And I'm like, I'm selling this. I'm selling this. <laughs> yeah, so we know, like, the concept <laughs> of Vinted and, you know, the Depops of this world are not new. However... In terms of us using them, both of us have been like actively engaged. I am I'm obsessed with Vinted. I'm not going to lie because it, my, my friend has had a few dresses. Shout out to Emma Green. I feel like I'm giving loads of people shout outs. Also, I need to give a shout out to George Turner because he's really fuming. 
George is like one of my best mates and he's really fuming that I've never mentioned him I've on the podcast. I've never given a shout out. I always mention like, you know, me dad and everyone. But yeah. George Turner, this is for you. Um, but my lovely friend Emma Green, I've got some beautiful bits off vintage. Um, and I thought, mm, you know what? Because I've had Depop before and I feel like Depop's a bit like, um, not pretentious, because it's, it's an app, but it's a bit more like... I don't know. I feel like vintage is very like normal people just getting rid of their normal shit. I don't know. It has. I think isn't that what you want? It's normal yeah. stuff. I think it's. I think it's the way they market it. Though. I think, but Depop comes a bit more like it's a bit more premiumy. Um, mm. I don't know, I but so. vintage. I just feel like you know you can get your home stuff on there. You can get this. You can get that. Like what I love about vintage is when you sell stuff, you don't get charged. There's no fee. Mm-hmm. So people are going to be moving away from eBay because, because eBay, it's so worth it. Depop, they take a percentage of what you earn. And that's taken off the postage as well. So mm-hmm. you actually lose a fair bit of cash. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's It takes a lot of time. I mean, I've not sold anything on Vintage yet. And I probably do need to go for my stuff and get some stuff on there. I sell everything. Laura is literally when I said, oh, my God, I've bought this dress on Vintage. I was like, I sell everything on Vintage. I've sold so much wedding stuff. I had like a, a third wedding dress that I didn't wear. <laughs> I know what a joke. I panicked because I didn't like my dress and I spiraled and Ridiculous I just bought another one. Ridiculous she looked. No. And then I just sold it and it was great and it was so lovely and I met a lovely girl on there and I just sold so much stuff. Bridesmaid dresses, summer dresses. Great. I love that. And you know what I, I like as well is, um, I mean, I got banned off eBay from selling things because it used to oh take so God. long. I think I've told this story before, but I used to work like on Great Portland Street in London. So when I was in London, I used to sell a lot of stuff on eBay. Um, and I used to go and have like my lunch hour and I'd spend my lunch hour in the queue and sometimes not even make it to the front of the queue. Maybe it's because <laughs> I worked in central London. So my stuff was always late sending because I was like... Uh. So, but what I love on vintage, I think they give you like a week to send it. So, like, I mean, as a customer buying, you can't like, I can't like order something for tomorrow off vintage. I've got to know that it's going to like take a couple of weeks. I think I've kind of got weeks. used to that. Oh, well, I've, yeah. I don't know how quick you send your stuff. Like, I've, I'll yeah. try and send it the next day. Oh, do you? I try to. I feel like I'm quite patient with it because I know that it's, it's, it's come. Yeah. 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 Well, I always message them and say, just to let you know, I've posted it or I'm going to post it on Friday or whatever. Mm. But um, I just think it's great. Yeah, I think it's good because I think it's got like benefits for both the seller and both and, and the buyer. So from, from my perspective, um, you know, um, oh, you know, you guys know I love a bargain buy now. But like, I'm literally sifting through some of this stuff, and I'm like, I mean, I've had like I've had a lot of my work stuff. Obviously, I've got the new mm. I've got the new academic year coming up, um, and I've had a lot of my work bits because I'm like. I like to keep, try and keep my work wardrobe separate and have like a load of shirts that are just for work, a load of blazers that are just for work. Um, but I don't want to spend a fortune on work stuff. I don't know what it is with like work stuff. You don't want to spend a fortune to like just go and sweat it out like in a lecture hall all day. I don't know. This is like a funny. I wear a blazer all the time. I'm wearing oh, one now. Yeah. So Laura's like, I wear this for work. Yeah, I've got this real like divide in. in... Do you? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that's healthy though because I definitely don't. But now um, starting a new job, kids. <laughs> We'll talk about it more in the next one, can't we? We'll yeah, do a proper yeah. like congrats. Now I'm starting a new job. I feel like I need a new wardrobe. Yeah, I, I felt that when I went when I went to first went to Nottingham, and now I'm not coming back round to the academic year. I'm like right. Yeah. So I've literally had new like, year, new, new me, new, new year, new me. I've had new trousers. I've had new work shoes. I've had new, but like I've, and, and majority of the stuff. This is what I'm buzzing about. I mean, I've, I've got no qualms, you know, in where a lot of stuff is like I've worn it once. That's that's cool with me. Whatever, I don't mind. Um, you know, we'll shove it in the wash. Um, but a lot of the stuff I've bought has come with labels in. No way. I've had like a lovely pair of leopard print pretty thing, pretty thing, pretty little thing trousers, £2.50, label still in them, bang, perfect for work. Love it. Love it. So sustainable. So, so it's my way of feeling like I'm doing I something. I know, I'm proud bad. of you. 
So, yeah, Laura's making an absolute fortune and I am getting all these fab new clothes. Mm, you say an absolute fortune, but I did buy it for more than I've sold it. So, maybe uh, not, but I'll get, you but know. you know what? It's better than just sitting in your wardrobe and Very doing true. nothing. And someone on the other end, just like me, will be so happy with that bargain. And if it's on Vinted, please buy my shit. <laughs> So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your drive, your house clean, your falling asleep moment with us. However you listen to your <laughs> podcast, I listen to podcasts in all those ways. Um, so thank you for listening uh, again this week. Uh, we hope you gave some lovely insights from our lovely Sam um, and obviously uh, lots of different discussions as always. So, as always, have a wonderful week. Enjoy the sun. Well, we're sweating. <laughs> but we're free now, we're going. So Woo-hoo. enjoy your days, guys. See Thank you, soon. you, everybody. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.